live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Eight minutes after eight on Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Pancake Hill is producing the program. Eric Bilstead will soon be on his way to wonderful weather somewhere. And Steve Scafidi is joining me here in the studio for this hour. And then I'll hand it over to you solo at nine o'clock. And I'm not going anywhere with all this wonderful weather. I'll be probably plowing out tomorrow because it sounds like my neck of the woods, which is south of 94, southeast of Wisconsin, will get all the uh, snow. Yeah, it looks like the uh, southeast corner of the state is in for up to seven inches of snow. So we want to bring in right out of the gate Storm Team 4 meteorologist Marissa Wallison to update us on the timing of this snow event and then how much we're going to get because a lot of folks, one, are trying to get out of here. And for those of us who aren't trying to get out of here, what are we going to be looking at? Morning, Marissa. Good morning. Yeah, who would have thought? First weekend of spring and we're talking snow and heavy amounts of snow like you were mentioning. Well, classic Wisconsin, right? I mean... None of us should should be surprised that we're getting snow in March. We can still get snow in April as well. But uh, a sizable snow, and you're calling it heavy and wet, right? Yeah, so we're tapping into moisture from pretty much like the Gulf of Mexico where you usually get with some of the wetter kind of systems. But this will be a heavy, wet snow. I do expect widespread at least about three to five inches of snow across our area um, with heavier amounts about five to seven. Mainly, it's hard to draw this line. It's looking to be kind of like Port Washington down towards maybe Whitewater and then south. So kind of mainly south of 94, like you guys were talking about, of this heavy, uh, wet snow. Um, It will be beginning tonight, not until after about 11 p.m maybe not even until after midnight before we really start to see the snow come in but it will be snowy throughout all of Saturday morning before things start to taper down a bit throughout the afternoon and eventually ending around about four or five or six o'clock tomorrow evening. Marissa I, I've, I'm a recent addition to your um, shoe cast what was the shoe cast this morning? <laughs> Uh, my very impractical white snow boots. I have ah. these boots that I wear. They're heels. They would do terrible if I was shoveling or walking in the snow. But I wear them on air when I have this snow to forecast. <laughs> so I've worn them many times this year. So there's no doubt this is going to be a snowstorm for some of us in southeast Wisconsin. It's not going to like move significantly between now and tomorrow. No, yeah, the only thing that we could see is a because there will be a sharp cutoff in the northwest region. So for those of you that may live up towards Beaver Dam, Fond du Lac, in that direction, it may be somewhat of a dud if it shifts slightly farther to the south um, by even, honestly, 30 miles. Uh, but I do expect this snow. The one thing that we do have going for us, because a snowstorm is now late in March rather than in mid-January, we are looking at the roads that are either at or even above freezing in quite a few spots. So initially, I don't really expect much snow to accumulate on the roads. It'll kind of be slushy initially, too. And then also, as we progress throughout Saturday, the high is still going to be 39. So we are going to get to warmer temperatures, which would likely lead to the melting going on, even though snow is still falling. So we'll get to a slushier kind of conditions on roadways faster than with a snowstorm in January, which we would have all this snow, and then it would take a while for it to just kind of start to go away. I was talking with Storm Team 4 meteorologist Marissa Wallace in this morning. You hit a little bit on the timing, Marissa. Let's walk through that again. So you know, if you got plans tonight, you want to get home by midnight, right? Which is probably good advice on most nights anyway. And then you've got yes. it snowing like to some degree heavier in the morning, but then like sort of all day on Saturday. I think you said earlier that it wouldn't be done until 6 p.m. 
Yeah, so it is going to be a long event, mainly the snow beginning after 11 o'clock, but again, potentially probably not until after midnight. But it will be the heaviest between about 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. Saturday morning. That's when we'll have some of the heaviest bands kind of develop. So hopefully you're not leaving tomorrow to drive anywhere. I know spring break starts for a lot of people, so Saturday morning would be not a good time to travel. Uh, We will keep showers throughout the afternoon, but it's definitely going to start to taper down a bit. The snowfall rate will be lighter throughout the afternoon, but really we don't get rid of the snow until four o'clock for western counties and closer to six o'clock by the lakefront marissa i know you got a busy day but did you see the uh, the northern lights last night all the pictures that were going around on social media crazy. I did see all the pictures. I didn't get to see it in person, though. I should have looked out when I was driving in, you know, at 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but yeah, very cool to see. It was a big event. I mean, so many people got lucky to be able to see that. Especially in this part of the stage. Oh, I, and you can't, I mean, you can see them, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Some of the pictures are from right here. It's unbelievable. It's clear enough. Yeah. Uh, one last yeah, thing for you. That- oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. For uh, sure. Go so, ahead. so in terms of how the snow is being received in your household, because you've got, <laughs> you've got young kids... <laughs> Brandon, our sports guy, was in here earlier. He said it broke his his teenager. It broke him. <laughs> He's like, "Are we supposed to be spring yet? Uh, are, are the girls oh excited? You know, are we going out sledding? What's happening tomorrow?" Okay, well, they kind of are excited because we've really only been able to take the sled out and go sledding with them one time because when we've had the snow, it's been good, but then sometimes we had the really cold temperatures. Yeah. And my girls are only one and three, so I don't like no, them thank to you. be outside for that long. Um, so I think they're going to be excited. I don't necessarily want to tell them because uh, mom is done with the snow, so <laughs> I don't really want to do <laughs> As sledding, are all of us, I think. Yes. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll see how things go tomorrow with it. So can I get a ruling on one more thing? If you're in sure. the if you're in the five six seven inch snow band, but yet tomorrow oh, it's or the day after it's in the forties. Oh, I knew this was coming. Oh, come, on. <laughs> come on, am I shoveling this or no? Uh, honest, okay, I would say you're probably going to have to shovel. The one reason being that even though we're going to see 39 in the afternoon tomorrow, and so that would help lead to some of the snow melting, the low Saturday night is going to be about 29. That's below freezing. A lot oh, of places yeah. will fall below freezing. So you do want to clear it because we will see some stuff turn to ice. The last thing you want, be kind to your neighbors, is for them to slip on the ice Sunday morning before we get up to 44 in the afternoon on Sunday. Okay, accurate take on that. Very reasonable so we are, take, yes. yes. <laughs> Marissa, really appreciate it. I I know you had a lot on your plate today, so uh, thanks for walking us through all that. Thank you, guys. Have a good Friday and weekend. Enjoy the snow. Yeah, thanks, Marissa. 814 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Storm Team 4 meteorologist Marissa Wallison. So a couple of things there, Steve. Obviously, uh, one more more at least big shovelable snow event for most of us here in southeast Wisconsin. But talking about all the folks who are flying out, you know, Eric and I were talking about it because he's got a flight out. I think they're leaving today. But uh, this is the first major test, once again, for the airlines since the complete meltdown that we had over the holidays. And now you're injecting weather into it as well. Uh Uh-oh. How do you think they're going to do? I don't think they're going to do that well, to be honest. (laughs) You know, I heard you talking about parking yesterday. That's already a nightmare because things are filling up fast, including those outlots. So that's, you know, piled on top of the, the delays. And my wife's scheduled to fly in tonight from Vegas. So... I think that's at eleven o'clock. That's I think a little bit. If I listen to what Meli- if I heard what Melissa said, it's a little bit before the the snow starts flying here. But there's a long way between Vegas and here, so I don't know if that's gonna you know screw up some of her plans as well. So I may be up late tonight. 
Yeah, and uh, one of these texts just coming in on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, which is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Big impact snow will hit here and many other major cities in the Northeast, so flights could be affected, including planes coming here from the Northeast. And that's that's why you have these sort of meltdowns that... You know, the ripple effects are felt all across the country because it's not just what's happening here. Milwaukee Mitchell is very good at clearing the runways, getting things ready at our airport. But where's your plane coming from? Yeah, there's this idea that planes just sit at our airport waiting for you waiting to get for on you them. To that, get that's on. not a reality. They often fly. And I hear them go over my house in Old Creek at like 4 o'clock in the morning, 3.30 in the morning. So they, they arrive from other places. And if other places have horrible weather, they're going to get here later, which means you leave later. So definitely check ahead. I heard you talk about this yesterday. Don't call the airport. Call the airlines or go on their websites. Yeah, airport is uh, real specific on that. Like, we you know, we handle the airport, but as far as whether your flight is coming in or not coming in or delayed or anything like that, best to download the app from your specific airline. Check for updates there. This is why I don't travel during spring break. It's just it's nuts. tough, right? And if you're driving, it's one thing, but I, I am not getting on an airline during spring break because the weather's still funky in places. I mean, California's been getting nailed with incredible snowstorms. I mean, I'm, I just don't want to mess with that. I stay home. Well, see, and once the kids are out of the house, then it's no big deal, right? Of I mean, course. For so many families, spring break is built around when are your kids off of school, and so you have this, you know, everybody flooding for this week or two weeks here at the end of March. Are your kids off next week? Our kids are off next week. Okay, so you, you know where we're going? Nowhere. Yeah, so you're smart. <laughs> you figured it out. We had some earlier travel, and there was some conversation. We're not going over like. No, we're not. Well, like, you're just we're in Florida, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. With yeah. the one who was there for cheer, so we were in Florida. We did the Disney, all that stuff. Another kid's in band. They're go, they're supposed to be going to Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this nice. year. So I said, I'm out of time and I'm out of money. Eight seventeen on Wisconsin's Morning News. Twenty on Wisconsin's Morning News. Vince Vetrano and Steve Scafidi here with you. Until Interesting tidbit about that song. When I saw The Who many, many years ago, I was wasted. So there you go. <laughs> it lived up to its name. Back with more right after this on Wisconsin's Morning <laughs> Which News. Which was probably like 30-some years yeah, that's ago. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Steve's going to ride with me here until 9 o'clock. Then he takes over for his usual 9 to noon. I want to talk a little bit about what played out in Washington, Steve, in regards to the uh, TikTok Deposition, if you will. That wasn't a deposition. It was a congressional hearing. Yes. But uh, you know how those things play out. Very typically, they're just grandstanding lawmakers, regardless of the topic, serious as it may be, are trying to make points, trying to get their sound bites on TV. But this was where the CEO of the Chinese-owned social media platform testified before Congress. Here's some takeaway on that. And a lot of it was rooted in concerns, not necessarily about what TikTok is doing. Now, there is uh, some cases where TikTok is accused of surveilling journalists. But a lot of the concerns lawmakers voiced in that hearing was about what TikTok could do. The message that came out of this hearing was, even if you, as a TikTok user, don't have these concerns... A lot of these lawmakers, Republican and Democrat, say that you should. So that's ABC's Jay O'Brien discussing the back and forth between the lawmakers and Xiao Chu, who runs the company that runs TikTok. The company is called ByteDance. You haven't heard of that, but you have heard of TikTok. They've so, only been around since 2016. It's it's a very new platform two, relative to some of the others. Two billion downloads, by the way, since since it started. It's ridiculous. So let me hear you uh, let you hear from the CEO. This is about one of the concerns that uh, lawmakers have expressed is this company with ties to the Chinese Communist Party mining user data and therefore sharing that with the Chinese government in some sort of way that could 
harm Americans. I have seen no evidence that the Chinese government has access to that data. They have never asked us. We have not provided. Well, you know what? I've I asked that, that I find that actually preposterous. Okay, so not taking his word for it, Xiao Chu there, who runs ByteDance, is the CEO testifying before Congress Why yesterday. would they take his word? <laughs> right. Come on, you know, dude, right. wake up. China is in everything. They're, just because you're not aware of it doesn't mean it's not happening. I, I thought the guy got owned by a lot of, a lot of the... Uh, Congress people yesterday. And whether or not anything concrete comes of that, we'll see. But he was paraded out there, and we have our series of sound bites this morning. But in a more concrete fashion, you mentioned like some states are, are taking it upon themselves. What was it? I think it's Utah yesterday or the day before said, you know what? We're, we're not going to allow young people to have access to social media. Period. They don't even know how they're going to enforce it, but they've already gone that far. If anybody thinks this is not the direction we're going in, you better start paying attention. Now, we can argue whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, right? I'm a fan of Twitter. I like Facebook, but I use Facebook and Twitter in, in drastically different ways. Agreed. I'm not on TikTok. I'm aware of it. I see the videos because they yeah. show up everywhere. I, frankly, I don't see the use other than entertainment. I mean, do you have a different take than that? Well, so what I've, you, you'd be surprised to know, like, I, I do funny videos. I don't do the dance stuff where you dance along to the music. I think a lot of people would want to see that. Actually. Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be available. <laughs> uh, you know, so, so once in a while I'll post funny videos or like we're going to be out at opening day, right? Right. Coming up. So I'll probably shoot some video there. I'll put a little thing together and, and people will watch it. The things that have gotten the most views on my TikTok, which I've had for maybe a couple of years. I have one video that has 1.3 million views, Steve. Seriously? And it was a hard news item. I was covering the Rittenhouse trial oh. in Kenosha, which got a lot of attention, of course, nationwide. And one of the videos that I posted of the sheriff down there at the time, David Beth, was um, talking with people who were gathered outside the courthouse. That video alone, 1.3 million views. Impressive. So the ones that get the most view, honestly, coming from me have been the harder news items. There is news to be found on TikTok. Some of it's crap. Some of it's uh, misinformation. Some of it may be disinformation. But there also is legit news out there as well. I was surprised that those are the videos I've posted that have done the best. So have you seen more traction, more action, more views on TikTok than you have on anything you've done on Twitter or Facebook? No, my reach is much bigger on Twitter and on Facebook. And I don't know, like, so... I have TikTok and then I have Instagram, and my number of followers in those areas is about the same between four and 5,000, and I've found it's a lot harder to gain traction, to get new people. You have to have one of these videos that gets right. all these views, and then people have to decide, okay, this is a guy I want to hear from on a regular basis. My, my following, if you will, is much wider on Twitter and on Facebook, and you're right. Each one of these platforms is unique in a way. And the way you disseminate the information, the types of things you post, are they're, they're all unique in a way. The way I asked it the other day when I was talking about this is if it went away, and that's my show poll question today, you know, what, what would your reaction if they just banned it in the United States? Would your life change in any significant way? Mine wouldn't because I'm not on it. Mine would get better. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Mine would get better, one, because TikTok is kind of a pain because you got to do kind of a decent video and it's it's time consuming. It seems like work. Right. It is work. And then here's how my life would get markedly better. I know the lives of my kids would get better because they're on there and they spend a lot of time on there. And I know folks always text, well, don't let them do it. Well, that's not the reality that I live in, honestly, because this is one of the ways that they communicate with their friends. It's a huge social thing amongst them. I'm not in a position to, to take it away from them, but I know they'd be better off without it. So how does that work? How, how much time do you think they're actually spending? It's like always when they're at home, they're looking at TikTok? Yeah. Well, if, and if it's not TikTok, it's Insta or you know some of these others. Wow. And, and I've told this story before. Social media is one of the ways, even 
that official channels will communicate with them. Like my kids are in sports and activities and things like that. And many of the coaches or the advisors will say, hey, make sure you're checking our Instagram page. I'll update everything there so I don't have to send out an email or so I don't have to text everybody. We'll just post on Instagram what time the bus is leaving or what time this is happening. And so there's another reason that, you know, for us as parents, it's like, boy, I'd rather you're not on this, but it's the way that you all communicate with each other. Interesting. Somebody yeah. else texting in on the old National Bank Talk and text line 855-616-1620. What's the big draw of TikTok? For young people, it's just entertainment. It's fun. For me, the attraction to TikTok is my ability. And when you have lawmakers who've been on TikTok or other that, it's my ability to communicate with that audience. Because my own kids, I don't know if they can find the AM radio dial. So, <laughs> right? You know what I mean, Steve? Where do you so, work? Right. So you're. So, I used to watch you on TV. Now yeah. what? So what do you do now, Dad? Right. If I want to reach them, if I want to reach that group, and hopefully bring them into our broadcast signal or our live stream or things like that, um, it's how I reach out to that group of people. It's when I post on social media. It's reaching them where they are already. And communicating with them in that way. It's clear you've thought about this with, with in respect to having older kids. I, I don't have that anymore. My, my girls are adults. They have their own kids now. So I don't think about it in that, in that aspect. And I, because I'm not on it, it doesn't impact me every day. It's a fascinating topic. Social media on its own, but then you narrow it down to TikTok. A lot going on there, and it's, it's, it's almost like an infection. It's just spreading. Yeah. Two billion downloads. You know what's interesting, Crazy. too? Uh, Terry from Cedarburg uh, texting in, Facebook, Google, and Amazon are all collecting your data and have access to other devices on your home network. The senators sounded like morons. <laughs> that that may very well be true. The, the reason that it's an issue with TikTok is because of its connections with the Chinese Communist Party. Right. And as much as uh, the CEO there, Xu uh, Chu, tried to ally those fears, uh, didn't seem to be very successful in front of Congress yesterday. 828 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Let him sing it for a second. It's like a rock station in here, man. Pancake is killing it today on the music. Greg Pancake Hill, producer of Wisconsin's Morning News. One more point I wanted to make, Steve, uh, before we leave the TikTok conversation to do. There have been uh, some lawmakers and others who have suggested that the U.S. response to TikTok because it's owned by a Chinese company is somehow xenophobic or racist. And look, nation states have opposing interests. The U.S. has allies. We have enemies and we have in-betweens. But that ought to be looked at as uh, things between our government and their government. So this conversation about whether or not TikTok uh, poses national security risks is about something between the United States government and the Chinese Communist Party. This ought to be, and I don't think is, any reflection on the Chinese people, certainly not any reflection on Chinese Americans. It's not about that. It's about two nations that have opposing interests on the globe increasingly right now. This is big stuff. It's important. We, we're trying to figure out the, what the world looks like right now. And China now cozying up to uh, Vladimir Putin and, and uh, in that war. That's not Those, those are big stories. Right. So why would we assist in that effort? TikTok or otherwise. have to separate out the interests of governments who might have differing views on geopolitics versus the people of those nations. 832 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Mike Spaulding is in from the WTMJ Breaking News Center.
839 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning, ahead of a spring break for a lot of folks here in southeast Wisconsin. Safe travels to everybody if you're heading out somewhere. And for the rest of us, I'll see you at the store or wherever else I was supposed town. to have a meeting tomorrow Killing morning. We, we kind of canceled it because you know, some of the gentlemen are older and I want them to have to be dealing with the snowstorm. So I'll probably be plowing snow at some point. It sounds more like midday when I'll be actually getting into the... Plowing and shoveling. Yes. Uh, snow event uh, largely overnight and then into the morning hours tomorrow. We do have an eye on your storm team forecast for you through is, the day. Is this it then? Is this is that it for the now, snow? Now one more in April. Like I want, be, I want to run my thing out. It's, I want to. This, I wouldn't do it today. Seriously? Then it, you're guaranteeing us another snowfall. No, then there's no that. science to suggest that's <laughs> correct. There's no science to that. And I want to talk about something that's been a long time, nearly half century tradition in Milwaukee that is at least for this year going away and then hereafter being reimagined. And I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what this this is about. We're talking about Al's Run, which has been a staple and a fundraiser for Children's Wisconsin for 45 years. You know, this all started with the legendary late great coach Al McGuire at Marquette University, and he had a deep connection with Children's Hospital, or what they called it at the time, now Children's Wisconsin, and he wanted to do something to help them raise money. Remember this old spot? This is a 1983 old commercial with Coach Al here talking about Al's run. Your donations last year helped pay for the specialized equipment in this mobile intensive care unit. Hi, Al McGuire. It's number six for Al's run. And the kids of Wisconsin and I are truly grateful for your support. We added a new feature this year, a three-mile walk, led by my wife, Pat. We walkers thought we'd join in the fun this year to help support the intensive care unit at Children's Hospital. Join us in the run. Walk. September 24th. Entry blanks and details in newspapers and supermarkets. Al and Pat McGuire, the best. Oh, I, I had the pleasure of meeting him once at a big boy about 2 a.m. after they were on a road trip from a from a game somewhere. He was so nice. How did he like you? Yeah, he liked yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was just cool. chatting at the, at the counter of a big boy right on Layton by the airport there. You know. I used to run in this every year. You talk about the 80s and yeah, maybe yeah. into the 90s. It was a, a, one At of those events. then. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Everybody looked forward to it. I'm not sure I understand yet why they're making this decision, whether it's more children's, more Marquette's. And I don't. I didn't look at specifically at the fundraising numbers because I mean, and a lot of people still ran in this thing. It was, wasn't it? Uh, between, still very successful. Yeah, between five and 10,000 runners probably. That's a lot of people. So Al's run is not going to happen in 2023. They've since renamed it as Briggs and Stratton has been a major sponsor. Briggs and Al's run walk. Uh, they're not going to have it in 2023. Here's the statement from Children's Wisconsin. Well, let me let me address the thing that you raised first. ROI, return on investment. Right. right? You've been on boards. I've served on Special Olympics board as a chairman for a couple of years, and another nonprofit board as well. First tee of Southeast Wisconsin. Putting on events is costly mm-hmm. in terms of the people power, in terms of you know investments that you have to make, the hard structures you have to bring in, all of that stuff. So you always have to look at your return on investment. Is, should we really be spending our time putting on events to raise money on this one given day, or should we? is our time better spent writing for grants or just appealing to people one-on-one, person-to-person fundraising? Can I get a check, Steve, for $5,000. Can I appeal to this foundation for $10,000? There, I've done a morning of work. I shook some hands and instead of putting on this huge event. It doesn't sound like this is a return on investment question based on the statements that I'm reading. Here's from Children's Wisconsin as it was uh, published by TMJ4 News. As we look to the future, Children's Wisconsin is transforming our health system to consider the whole child, including their physical, social, and mental health and well-being. 
This focus on the whole child includes ensuring our fundraising events are engaging for kids and adults of all, that's in caps, A-L-L, all abilities. What's that mean? It almost sounds like you're talking about people that have mobility challenges, right? So they're, they're not able to participate? I, there's a walk portion. I don't know why that would be. There is a walk. Some families bring strollers. If you have someone who is, um, and again, you're talking about somebody who's been on the board for Special Olympics. I, I serve people with uh, disabilities of all kinds. So you want things to generally be inclusive, yes. But uh, I never thought of this as a somehow exclusive event for anyone. Now, I don't think it was mentioned in the story, but is this... Is there a possibility this has to do with the logistics of having an event on city streets? Just throwing it out there. Yeah, doesn't it just does not have the feel to me of there was too many logistical challenges or anything like that. Here's the statement that I got from Marquette University. I did follow up with uh, someone I know over there, and this is what Marquette U is saying. Children's has stayed connected with Marquette and sharing the pause for 2023 and their desire for feedback to inform plans for 2024. This has historically been an important event for the community, and Marquette supports the event continuing in the future as Children's explores new possibilities for it. They've also got a survey, Does Children's Wisconsin Out?, and they want people to respond I didn't go through the questions, but it is posted online, and you can go there and say what you want the event to be. This sounds like somehow, some way, some folks over there got in their heads that this wasn't an inclusive event or that there was something wrong with how this event was being staged despite its millions raised over the years. And I just, I, I just, I, I'm not ripping them. I don't, whatever. I just, I don't understand. And it begs for more follow up and explanation from children's of what. What were they bent out of shape about here? And what is it they're looking to do? I'll take them on their word that they need a year to kind of refresh or pause, as they said. But um, I, I think it should be something that comes back because I think it, it, this used to be a signature running event. I mean, there was a real competition. And then there was the fun part of it as well. I, I always remember slamming a beer after this thing, after the, what is it, five miles, whatever it was. It was, it was a fun event. Kind of signaling, you know, what's great about Milwaukee, the city streets. You're running down to the, at, at the time, I don't know if the route's still the same, but back to the Summerfest grounds. That was the, the cool thing about it. And to be able to run on the middle of the street downtown Milwaukee is kind of a fun thing. And, oh, by the way, we're raising thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in the process. I don't want to see that go away. Now, Children's, of course, and Marquette, they can figure these things out. But bottom line is Al McGuire is a revered, iconic figure in Milwaukee history. I don't want to see that just go away because we have a recency bias that, oh, that's what they used to be. That's an old thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to see that happen. Uh, here, if you click on the survey, uh, if you go to Children's Wisconsin, they have this survey posted, and this is what they're asking. As we look to the future, Children's Wisconsin Foundation taking time to review our events, determine how they could be more engaging for kids and adults of all ages and abilities the goal is to evolve our events to best support the physical, social, and mental health of all kids. We want to hear from you. Your input is important, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, take this five-minute survey. We want to know um, we need to make a fundraising event that is even more inclusive while retaining what makes it special. I guess if anyone wants to offer what that means to you or what, what do you think yeah. they need to do or leave as is, we'll take your responses at 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk and text line, Old National Bank, get old. Again, as someone who's coming from the Special Olympics lens, inclusivity is, is huge. It's huge for our athletes. We want to find things that we can all do together. And so I'm always in favor of making things as inclusive as possible. That said, I don't know, can't you just take the check? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a run, it's a walk, it's a good thing, it's raised so much money. 
it's not like they're unpopular. I'm, I'm actually emceeing two of them in May, back to back, Saturday and Sunday. One in one at the in Franklin at the Rock, another one on the lakefront in Oak Creek. It's like these things are still very popular. Thousands of people show up, and when the weather's nice and people are in a good mood and they're raising money, it kind of I think buoys the spirit of of all of us here in southeastern Wisconsin. And that's why I don't want to see these things go away. Some others questioning whether they might be worried about safety because of the reckless driving issue in Milwaukee. Well, we're going to have a we're going to have a marathon here coming up Sunday yeah, that starts yeah. and ends at Pfizer Forum. Is it I this think Sunday? That's, it's coming up Sunday. Wow. Actually, it's a half this year. They're not doing the full. They'll have a half, and then they'll have a 5K. Um, You're running your boots, or is that streets going to be plowed? <laughs> <laughs> right. No kidding. I think we should be good by wow. Sunday. Uh, right. I, I just don't – this does not seem to me I – mean, based on the things that I read to you, does this sound like this is a logistics issue or there's something else going on here, yeah. some worry or concern that this event's – somehow that's been staged for 45 years has not in some way been inclusive enough and i, I don't get it yeah i think there, something's happening that we're not aware of and at some point we'll we'll hear about it 848 in wisconsin's morning news Coming up on 852 on Wisconsin's Morning News, Vince Vetrano, Steve Scafidi with you. You know, your producer, Brandon, uh, does sports for us Big time sports guy yes. now, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Brandon was in here, and th- also this floors me. You you always talk about leaving your phone off or having it, you know, yeah. you're not able to be communicated Put it with. away. You know, Brandon, me, Eric, we all have kids who are teenagers and younger. They'll text us, not just when I'm at work, when I'm on the radio. <laughs> right. And they expect a response, right? Yeah, and they get I've mad about it if they don't get it. Right, one. I'm like, hey, like I'm at work. I'm working here. So Brandon gets one from his 14-year-old today. He says, uh, man, I wish I had the exact wording down. It was, is there any way that I can not go to school today? And like six question marks. But then it ended there. <laughs> Your first question is, why? Why? <laughs> right? There's some information missing from this text, boy. Did we get more information? So at any he point? follows up. He's like, "Yeah, just like you or me or anybody." Uh, why? His first thought would have been mine. It's like, "Oh, you must be sick," or like, "What's going on?" Or was this bothering you? Or what What happened? Right? No reason. He said, "Well, I got really good grades. I only got one grade that's kind of crummy right now. All my work's turned in, and you know, it's the day before spring break." <laughs> nice, <laughs> right? Bold play, don't you think? Padding his vacation. <laughs> Brandon responds, "Have a great day at school." Yeah, come on. He came back at him with. Yeah, but are you sure? Because I really, and it's like, you're not doing anything anyway. It's the day before break, so. Was he a future lawyer? No kidding. Is that a thing now? The kids just say, I need a, like a like a um, relaxed day? There is a little of that, and we've gone through that. We're in this weird place of, you and I are cut from the same cloth, and I think a lot of, you know, Gen Xers and older, you know, we're looked at, the way we dealt with mental health was friggin' deal with it. Yeah. Sorry, too bad. Nobody's crying for you, right? Well, that doesn't work anymore. It's like it's just not how we do it. So somewhere is a balance between that and then on the way other side being too soft and just, you know, whatever. And I, we try to find that balance. But you can see when kids are like melting down. Yeah, but at the same time, are their schedules that bad? I mean, They're not. And- well, the school isn't. Now, when you get kids that are involved in stuff. Extra stuff. And kids have to be involved in a million things to get into college and get the scholarships and all that. So. Whose fault is that, though? No. I mean, Us, you, I guess. I think you should only do the things that make that you enjoy doing and that you can fit into your schedule, a reasonable schedule. The parents, hyper-parents, in, in my mind, that have their kids busy from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. at night. Right. 
I remember when the Chick-fil-A came into Oak Creek, the lady was telling me that the, the husband and wife that ran the place, that they have like this fourth meal thing going on at like seven or eight o'clock at night because the kids are just getting to their, you know, getting yes. done with their day. Yes. And they're eating. You, you wonder why kids are fat now? And I know you're not supposed to say fat anymore, but I, I said it on purpose. <laughs> it's because they're eating at seven o'clock at night yeah. or eight o'clock at night. Come on, people. Things you go schedule late. your kids. I'll tell you what, too. Like it's it's hard to tell them no when they're passionate about something, I get and it, you have I to get balance it. all of those things. It is hard. And this generation, too. Brandon and I were talking. They might be simultaneously the most brilliant. And also the most the stupid in some other ways of any generation we've created. Because they can do amazing. My kids can do amazing things. They come in and they show me how to use certain things, electronics or whatever. Oh, you do it this way. The way they zip around documents and computers and all that stuff. They're amazing. The stuff that they're doing outside of school is brilliant. And yet, if I ask my kid to mail a letter today, I'm not sure he could do it. Interesting that you pointed that out because I did a segment yesterday on how for the first time in like 100 plus years, IQs are declining. All except one area, spatial reasoning, and that might point to some of the things you were just talking about. They have the ability to kind of figure these things out. But all the other stuff, the basic stuff, no. They got no time for it. 855 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Closing out Wisconsin's Morning News, just one more quick reminder on the weather. Three to seven inches of snow possible for southeast Wisconsin. The timing on that, you know, it's probably good advice to you to be home by midnight anyway. Yeah, always good advice. <laughs> right. What does Wagner say? Nothing good happens That's after right. midnight or 2 a.m.? Something like that. One of his Wagner's rules of life. Turn up truck, that kind of stuff. So the snow starts falling in earnest late tonight, maybe even not till early tomorrow morning. And then it's going to snow all day Saturday until 6 p.m. It will be tapering off after the noon hour after 1 o'clock, and it'll become lighter. The further you are to the southeast corner of the state is where you're going to get the higher snow totals north and west of there. The snow will taper off. So those will be the people who are in the three inches. Saturday snowstorms, you go out when you want to. There's no time pressure. You're not going in. I have no plans, so no big deal. I'll deal with it. Well, we're certainly not golfing. 8.59 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.